Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by I Am Third Sports. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. we got to talk football, basketball, um, and I guess, Kyle, we'll just we'll just start it this way. It's the sad note, but it's kind of the conclusion this week. Jared Lorenzen is being laid to rest as we record here um, this afternoon. Um, I saw tons of tweets, one from his bunch of his former teammates, including Shane Boyd, you know, and they, he had that, I, I don't know if you saw it, but one of those iconic uh, football covers of he and, he and Jared Lorenzen, the two dueling quarterbacks in Commonwealth Stadium at the time. And they just looked bigger than life, and they both kind of were. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, sad last piece of this story. Um, I'm sure the, the turnout is ridiculous, and uh, and it will be a, a very sad day. It's really still, like, one thing I would say about Lorenzen and, and his passing is it's been remarkable to see and hear how many people, like, outside of the Kentucky world, cared about that and were um saddened by it shocked by it and and just like wanted to share their memories about jared learns and you know i work at the athletic and there's a million um you know we have a bunch of uh both local and national college football writers and like all of them were you know messaging me about it and all of them kind of had their memory of like man the first time i saw jared learns and it was crazy um and, you know, I, I guess I didn't maybe realize as much um, just like how how far of a reach uh, he had because I, he was so unique. No one had seen anything like Jared Lorenzen really in college football and not really since. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm sure for his family, it's not a great deal of consolation, but in, maybe in the in the bigger picture in the long term, like seeing, I think anytime someone passes and you have this massive outpouring of care um i I think that 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 has to be in in the long term of some uh solace for the family that you know the person you cared so much about touched you know millions of people yeah that's 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 all you can really hope for at that point and everybody's been in those situations at some point in their lives and all you can all you can hope and wish for is an outpouring of support and it seems like lorenzen's family has really gotten that so um, tragic, tragic story. Um, Kyle, let's, I guess, go on and, and discuss some of the stuff that you were able to see in Vegas. I didn't really get a chance to, when we talked to you the other night, um, ask you about what you saw on court from from the guys. You, we talked kind of like, you know, a lot of big picture stuff overall, but the Kentucky guys that were out there, were you impressed and kind of like a sidebar did anybody that you know you'd seen in college and heard of but was playing out there kind of surprise you as well um you know i was super focused on the kentucky guys um the uh the coolest thing to me though is the taco fall phenomenon it is incredible every time he touched the ball or every time he checked into the game or did anything people went crazy. I mean, the arena just roared and, and it was hilarious to the point that like when the summer league coach of one of the assistants, um, 
that is coaching their team in summer league, when he would take Taco out of the game, they would boo him, <laughs> like loudly boo. Uh, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, I, I think he's kind of the star of summer league. I mean, he just he is. Until you have seen him in person, it is staggering how big he is. And, like, all these NBA guys are huge. You know, all the NBA big men are just impossibly tall and long. But Michael Fall is, like, a whole other thing. I mean, he's he's significantly taller than – if you're a seven-footer, he's half a foot taller than you. Um, and he has a 10, I believe, 10-2 standing reach. So he, he can literally stand on his – like tiptoes but not leave the ground and dunk a basketball and it is I, people just love that people love any anybody that is uh like a circus sideshow type thing and he is i mean he's every bit of that i actually think he's a pretty good player though too and um i think the odds of him being on their actual roster are low but i think i was telling some of the celtics guys the writers like I, you guys need a lobby to get this guy on the, I mean, who cares? Put him on the end of your bench. He's a sensation. People go nuts every time he checks into the game. But so that's been fun. Well, I think that there should be, I guess the CBA is negotiated out for a little, a few years, but maybe write it in on like a little addendum where if and actually, I, I guess I don't even know where Boban ended up signing. He was with Philly. Wherever Boban's playing, they should have to have Boban and Taco Fall like just go one on one for a quarter of the game. <laughs> Yes, at least a preseason game. They they ought to have it in their contracts that they get to play. When those teams, whatever those two teams play, they play the full 40 minutes right on just on each other and every time down throw them the ball. I would watch that. I would sign up for that. That's a pay-per-view, but, uh, pay-per-view match waiting to happen. Yeah, but in terms of the Kentucky guys, I mean, I'm not breaking news here, Tyler Hero. I mean, Tyler Hero's been one of the very best players in all of summer league, you know, most consistent He's basically good for 20 every night. Uh, the other night he had, I think he had 25, 7, and 5. Um, he's averaging, I think, just shy of 21 points in five summer league games. 21 points, five rebounds, four assists, something like that. Um, he's 14 of 44 from three. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's averaging almost nine three-point attempts a game. Uh, so, not shy. He's only shooting at 31%, but... Um, I think they're thrilled with what they've gotten out of him. And the other thing, you'll you'll be not surprised about Tyler Hero has made 24 out of 25 free throws. Um, so that that uh, continues for him. But he's he's really good, and uh, I think he on of the guys on the court, I think he's probably stood out the most. You know, the other notable thing is Jared Vanderbilt finally being healthy enough to play major minutes. Um, he didn't even play – we know he didn't play many minutes at Kentucky or many games. And he, even last year, when he finally got cleared to play, uh, he didn't play – he played like 16 minutes a game in the G League and in his NBA appearances. I think they only, he appeared in four games or something. Um, but he's played, I think, 27 and 25 minutes uh, – in these two, in his first two summer league games, and nothing spectacular stat wise. Although he did, he had a double double. I think he had twelve and twelve uh, yesterday. But for him, and I talked to him, I'll have some some stuff coming out in the athletic. He is very excited for the first time in really you know two and a half years since high school. He can actually play a full game of basketball, and he feels fully healthy again. Um, so there's there's a lot of relief there for him. Um, 
and hopefully people will check that out. I think it'll be published tomorrow, but um, well, today, Thursday, as people are listening. Um, I talked to him too about the hypothetical. Like, do you ever think about what it would have been like if you'd been healthy for a full season at Kentucky? And so his thoughts on that were pretty interesting. But those are a couple guys. Winning Gabriel's playing really well. Um, you know, I think he'll probably be a two-way guy for them this year. Um, maybe sneak onto the end of their roster, but I, I think probably a two-way guy for them. Um, and uh, talk to Vladi Divac about him, and so I'll have some stuff on that as well. But uh, I think those are kind of the three guys that I was really paying attention to. Obviously, P.J. Washington's not playing at all because of a foot injury, uh, the, the foot injury. Um, but they, they're not, I don't think, especially worried about him in the long term. Okay, uh, wrapping up this segment, because coming up next we want to – update the Tyler Hero situation in Miami with the trade rumors because there's new stuff that's out there but I do want to ask you this just this question whose foot is more healthy right now PJ Washington or yours probably him uh, <laughs> after walking around Vegas in the summer league in a boot and then uh, hoofing it through the Salt Lake airport this afternoon or this morning uh, my foot feels worse than when I first injured it so probably not the best <laughs> thing for me to do to, to hurt my foot and then just go immediately into a trip where I had to walk all over tarnation but uh it's okay I, I well, well hopefully you can get some recovery in there um coming up next as I mentioned that Tyler Hero bit but first I do want to tell you guys about I am third I am third is based on a simple belief that Jesus Christ is first others are second and I am third Founded in 1997, I Am Third Sports has grown to become the largest youth recreation program in Kentucky. They use their sports ministries to promote competitive youth athletics through a positive environment. They foster development through basketball, soccer, tennis, equine, and a variety of sports in leagues, camps, and clinics. This summer through August, they're offering top-of-the-line camps for all types of athletes. Soccer, basketball, golf, equine, baseball, volleyball, flag football, and even a Ninja Warrior course. To find out more about I Am Third Sports and to register for those summer camps, visit IamThird.org. That's the letter I, A-M, the number three, R-D, dot O-R-G. Or email I Am Third Director, Jeremy Hobbs, at IamThird at LexChurch.com. You are locked on Kentucky. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We discussed it a lot. Russell Westbrook appears to be wanting to trade after they traded Paul George to the Clippers. The Thunder did. And many of the names that were coming up since the Heat had traded all their draft picks to get Jimmy Butler were some of the young dudes, including two Kentucky players, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. And Kyle, it sounds like the Heat don't want any part of that. First of all, uh, I just want to know, is it is it equine, comma, baseball or equine baseball? comma because <laughs> I, I really want to watch equine baseball hey uh, they're trying to they're trying to spice up the all-star game they, they that, that'd be a way to do it <laughs> horses playing baseball i dig it um anyway you guys will have to rewind if you fast forwarded through the uh advertisements to know what we're talking about but uh tyler as i mentioned has really I think opened some eyes uh, at summer league and everybody knows, you know, what they have in Bam Adebayo. And yeah, I think those to them, those are two of their most valuable young assets. Um, and it's not surprising, right. That if you're trying to do this deal as Oklahoma city, you would want to get as much potential bang for your buck. I mean, cause they're, 
they're not going to get anything like Russell Westbrook back for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> but um, that's not really the point. You know, they're just trying to do the best they can. And um, Hero is – people were buzzing about him everywhere I went in the summer league. I mean, people were buzzing about him. There was already buzz. Like, but I think by the end of the first day I was there on Sunday, you know, there was already, you know, buzz that uh, you know Miami was going to be a primary target in this uh, partner in this potential trade for Russell Westbrook. And if that happened, it would be surprising if if Oklahoma City didn't ask for Tyler. But also um, that Tyler would be, you know, off the table more than likely now. You, you hear things like that, and it doesn't end up that way. I mean, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the Clippers made it clear, like, we're not trading him. Well, when the opportunity came to get Paul George for the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, uh, sorry sorry, we hardly knew you, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but now we are trading you. So, you know, it's not exactly the same, but a little bit uh, the same. If you, you know, Miami doesn't have a superstar. Uh, well, they do, Jimmy Butler. Uh, but you know they want to pair him. So I guess it is sort of similar in that way. They want to have another superstar to pair with him. Um, if you want to get that done, you're going to have to maybe come off somebody you didn't want to. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I actually talked to Tyler's dad. Um, you'll be shocked by that. I talked to Tyler Hero's dad. <laughs> like I love, I love talking to Chris Hero and PJ Was- uh, Paul Washington. I talked to both those guys out there. But uh, I said. We were watching Tyler play Monday, and I said, "Have you have you guys already bought property in Miami, or are you holding off on that?" Uh, and he kind of laughed. He's like, I, "I think they do not. I think Tyler doesn't want to go anywhere. I think he loves that he's in Miami. I think he likes that he has kind of a big brother and them at a bio. Um, they they were of the mind. Uh, they were of the impression that the Heat, just exactly what we said, like the Heat." do not intend to make him part of any deals. Uh, but it'll be interesting. It's interesting that he hasn't played a single real NBA game yet. And Tyler Hero's already this uh, hot commodity in trade talks. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how those things work. And I was listening to some NBA podcasts, and there was a lot of great points being made. And the, the major one about Westbrook is that his contract is considered by some the second worst in the entire NBA because he's going to get paid so much money when he's later in his career the worst contract in the NBA by most people's thoughts are John Walls, mostly because of his injuries. Yes. Um, but so the, it was actually Zach Lowe of ESPN who I was listening to. And he, he said that if he was Miami, he would like, I'm not giving up any asset that I really like. And obviously, yeah. as you just pointed out, they really like Tyler hero and they've been clear for a few years now that they like bam. And so, you know, when it comes down to it, if they really want Russell Westbrook, one of those guys might go. But at this point, it seems like they might play hardball. Yeah, I mean, like, what is a trade, right? I mean, you're, <laughs> you, I don't think you can get Russell Westbrook and give up nothing. Well, so you know, but but they have some other things that they, you know, they have some other pieces. I think they could move that would be somewhat attractive. Well, the uh, the other name is a Dukey Winslow. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Winslow, Winslow is a guy that uh, that I think will factor into that trade. I mean, if they do that trade, I would I would think he'll be in the deal. Um, and so, um, you know, there's stuff there. I mean, more draft picks, I guess. <laughs> um, well, it really it really is insane what uh, Oklahoma City's been able to accumulate there. And and that's the other thing that I wonder if they just keep piling up these draft picks. You know, do you wait? 
five years for that to play out, or do you package those draft picks and try to go get a star back? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Or you just say we're going to be young, and, and they could be a uh, – I think we talked about this. I mean, Tyler, Tyler Hero, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know, Hamadou Diallo, young Kentucky backcourt, like they could be They could be fun. They could be um, – that could be an exciting sort of uh, building block to their future, but you just know you're going to take a major step back playing in the West. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of young guys. Okay, Kyle, it's time for me to come clean on last night's podcast since you were out having fun with your athletic buddies. Not that your buddies are athletic. You were hanging out with Jeff Greer, <laughs> so I know that they weren't actually athletic. They were My for... unathletic friends from the athletic? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I kind of... and It was semi-accidental. I told you before we started recording, I did a semi-retrospective like on Mark Stoops on his birthday about when he took over for Kentucky and this, that, and the other. And I was going back and reading old stories. And one that I found was from a Florida State fan site. And they actually used some of your tweets when you were working for the Courier-Journal. <laughs> and you know what's coming. The one where you said that he had turned down Kentucky. <laughs> uh, you ass. Um, <laughs> I was actually talking about this uh, two nights ago to a bunch of my colleagues that uh, you know, I try to get it right. And, uh, you know, obviously I think everybody wants to get it right. Nobody's setting out to get it wrong, but I, I've been very careful in my career and have never, never had a situation like that before or since. And it was, uh, it was, that was the worst thing. So, uh, I had a source that I'd been talking to throughout the process that, uh, essentially pointed me in the direction of an, another source who was purportedly um, be a part of the process, that was being involved in the hiring process. That's what I was told by a person I really trusted, that I could trust this other person. It's not usually how I operate. but uh, And so I called up this person who was supposedly involved in the process. Or no, he called me. We had, we had communicated, and he called me the night. This was happening all like after 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And it was a day before they hired Mark Stoops. <laughs> and the process had been dragging on and on and on and on. And nobody, you know, there had been names of candidates and then nothing came of it, like Butch Jones, I think. And I think Butch did, in fact, interview with uh, Mitch and some other names and, and nothing had come of it. And so this guy calls me and he says, you know, Mark Stoops just turned us down. That's three. I think he said that was like the third person who had turned him down. Uh, you know, we heard from one of the agents that the perception is that Kentucky's a coach killer. Uh, I, well, I actually read that tweet, and I think the the line from one of the agents was, it's a dead-end job, and if you're an up-and-coming, you don't want to go there. Right. Um, Which, I mean, I think it, you'll probably still say high, that, high, that that's accurate, that the part that, about yeah. Stoops not wanting the job, obviously, he took it, but that part right. was accurate. Yeah, I mean, at that at that time, I don't know how you could think anything else. You know, I mean, <laughs> there was a hundred years of history, most of it very bad to back it up. But uh, so I tweet that out and it caught like crazy fire. It started going everywhere. And <clears throat> by morning, they had hired Mark Stoops. Uh, and a few months later, maybe not even a few, maybe just a couple, I was in, doing a sit down one on one interview with uh, with Mitch Barnhart, the athletic director. And he, we, we had a great interview, and we've always had a good relationship. And at the end, he goes, 
can I just ask you, like, what what happened there? He's like, he's like, I don't mean to be, you know. And Mitch is like this very, I mean, he, he's Mister Polite. I mean, he's not going to like, you know, just totally be trashing you. But he, he said, we were sitting here receiving the facts, the facts like signed Mark Stoops contract when you tweeted that out, and we, all of us were going like, what is that? Why? What? And he said, the best I could tell, somebody had it out for you and wanted you to, you know, wanted you to get bad information because we, like, we could. He's like, we could not believe that that was out there, uh, and it was awful. That was the worst, the worst feeling ever uh, to get something like that wrong and to, you know, you know, I, it, it was somebody I felt like I could trust, and I, and I, and they got it wrong. And trust me when I tell you, I never spoke to that person again, like never, ever again. Uh, got a text of apology, and I just I I didn't have any time for that. <laughs> uh, so, well, well, it you was ma- bad. I I think that you've been able to make up for it at this year, the rest of your coverage for UK football and your continued coverage. And uh, you know, as I mentioned in a couple previous podcasts, we talked about your write up on the Athletic. We're going to get into football a bunch in the upcoming weeks. If believe it or not, SEC football media days are next week. Um, and coming up after this. Uh, I do want to ask Kyle just a quick thing about UK football, and then we we got to get like a Vegas update from off off the court. So stay <laughs> tuned for that. Uh, but before that, I do got to tell you guys about Twillery. Um, Twillery.com slash locked on is the place to go to get performance shirts. They have performance fabric tailored for the hustle. When the hustle brings the heat, you need a shirt that can take it. Meet the Twillery Performance Shirt, a game-changing combination of function and fashion that's engineered to deliver superior style in any situation. Crafted from hyper-breathable four-way stretch fabric, each shirt features Coolmax moisture-wicking tech to keep you dry and your and their proprietary non-iron treatment to keep you wrinkle-free. So go ahead, dream bigger, grind harder, and push further with the performance shirt from Twillery. Go to twillery.com slash locked on. That's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $25 off your order. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right. uh, Last segment, Kyle. Um, I did want to just kind of, I want to do a deeper thing on your write up on UK football in, in the upcoming weeks and hopefully we'll have some audio from Mark Stoops, and it was announced today that the representatives for UK football that will go down to Alabama are Lynn Bowden, Cash Daniel, and Logan Stenberg, uh, three guys who I think have made some kind of all-SEC team um, during their times at Kentucky, and uh, they're all pretty good talkers, so it'll be interesting to see what they have to say down there, but um, just really broad, Kyle, and this is like just a classic question. It's almost cliche but when you were when you were re re researching for this season prep uh state of the program article for the athletic is there anything that you were like oh yeah i've totally forgot they did that uh you know i think the one that i've I've mentioned i've repeated a bunch i've had you know various radio shows and stuff have wanted to talk about this the that story uh just as they kind of preview kentucky and their March towards SEC Media Days. So I've brought up a bunch. Is it's remarkable to me that they they lost three starting offensive linemen, and their their starting five is still going to have 
three former U.S. Army All-Americans, and that does not count Logan Stenberg. So three former U.S. Army All-Americans in high school and a, a preseason college All-American, Logan Stenberg, probably their best overall NFL draft prospect. Yep. Um, that, to me, I, I feel like the, the two lines are going to be really good, and those two lines represent how the change to me in Kentucky football uh, just that they're so formidable up front on offense and defense, and and just how consistently they've you know uh, put talent on talent, you know, just kept recruiting to the point that you lose three starting offensive linemen from one of the best lines in the SEC, and you still got a bunch of studs there. Now some of that was uh, just sort of by accident, um, you know, when you get a guy back that didn't even play last year that was a five star recruit and Landon Young, uh, but. Nonetheless, they've they've just really piled it up there. And then the I think the other thing that really jumped out, and I I knew it. I think everybody knew it. But and I think that there were a handful of comments on the story to this effect. Like I, until you see it in these stark numbers, you don't realize how completely decimated their secondary was after after you know from last from last season to now how much they lost. Yeah. Uh, in the secondary, I mean, they lost everybody. They, you know, Devontae Robinson. You know. I think he's going to be a very good player. He's the guy they, you know, they were thrilled to get as a recruit, and they've brought him along kind of slowly and gave him a, a, a bigger role last year. And he looks like he's ready to step in. But beyond that, there is nothing proven in the secondary. You know, they could be relying on two JUCO transfers, you know, some freshmen and sophomores, um, and they just lost. They lost guys there in that secondary that played year after year after year. Um, I mean, we were seeing all. The, the, the corners, you know, Beatty and Westry played, you know, every snap from the time they were a freshman. And uh, Darius West, you know, was such a critical figure, and he played for for forever. And even uh, Lonnie Johnson was there, what, two years? Was it two or just or three years? Was he yeah. one of the three-year Juco guys? No, I can't remember. He was a two-year guy, and I guess I'll technically correct you on Westry. Westry played from freshman until Lonnie Johnson got on campus. Well, well right, right. But he was there. Yeah. I mean, that's what. But that's what I'm saying. They didn't just lose their four starting, yeah. you know, defensive backs. They lost depth too. I mean, well, they were wiped out in the secondary, and that that's the other thing that stood out to me. Because when you and, and you might have my piece. I'm I'm in the car, but uh, I think I did the math and added up like how many total you know tackles and pass breakups and all that they lost out of that secondary. It is uh, jarring. Um, and then the other um, the other piece of that is I think there's. Uh, the entire secondary going into this season, guys that they have in the secondary, combined last season intercepted one pass. Hmm. So there's, you know, they, that's a that's whereas the offensive line is this thing that represents, you know, they're not going to miss a beat because they've recruited really well. The secondary absolutely challenges that notion. Have they recruited well enough? to sustain massive loss in the secondary we're going to find out but i think that is could be a very shaky piece of the defense i look forward to the peeing match between georgia and kentucky fans about if eddie grant actually got offered a job all year long because that's something that's never going to stop being bantered about and anytime anyone on uk's side (laughs) mentions it they'll probably be called a homer and someone who doesn't know anything yeah you should see that if you haven't read the comments on that piece uh that is it that plays out like there's a guy just just clobbering me because I said Kentucky sick and I didn't even I didn't even say Kentucky uh you know Eddie Grand turned down 
offensive coordinator at Georgia. I said Kentucky successfully fended off Georgia to keep its offensive coordinator, which I think is totally factual. Yes. I mean, here's the deal. Eddie Graham, Eddie Graham is on the record saying Georgia offered him a job. Nobody from Georgia's side is on the record saying otherwise. It's all you know whispers to reporters who are more than happy to tout the Georgia doesn't have to slum it to go get a Kentucky coach. They didn't want him. No. I mean, I don't know if they offered him the the offensive coordinator job or co-offensive coordinator or you know to be the running game coordinator or whatever. But we know they talked to him, <laughs> and we know there was interest there, and we know he decided to stay in Lexington one way or the other. And that, that debate is so ridiculous. I mean, what do you even care if you're a Georgia? This guy went, went back and forth with me forever in the comments about you know how stupid I was to write that sentence. Well, I just love the fact that the, your sources are terrible. Uh, my source yeah. is the guy who was offered the job. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I, and that was... We have a guy who put it on the record. <laughs> yeah. Your source is some guy probably wearing a dog mask somewhere. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, finally, Kyle, so how do we do on the tables? Do we come out positive, negative? Or... No, I, I did not gamble $1. Okay. Um, Jenny, turn off the podcast. So, Kyle. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I, I spent time in the casinos and, like, watched a bunch of friends uh, play and uh, and enjoyed that. I enjoy watching other people lose money. Uh, I usually do uh, gamble, but um, I, was in a, I was in a fragile mental state where I was afraid if I sat down, I might not ever get up. <laughs> I, I, I try to know my own limitations. Uh, you know, we've had a, we've had a rough time at home with, uh, with my wife being sick. And this is kind of the first time I've been out of the house as like a un- uncaged animal. <laughs> and I didn't, I just didn't want to lose control of myself. Uh, and I also was super committed to actually sleeping in a, since I had a dark hotel room and no screaming kids to wake me up at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so I actually, it was the most old man responsible trip to Las Vegas I've ever had in my life. Now, I intend to fully correct that when I spend, I think it's going to be, what, five days? Yeah. Just before Christmas out there with Kentucky playing the two games in Vegas this year. I think that's great. I think they should do that every year, uh, spend a few days in Vegas. Well, we won't share what our buddy Kyle Mann had to say about Vegas on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> no, if you if – you, we did. I think I mentioned this on the on an episode of show. I did get to talk to Jay Kyle Mann on uh, Big Blue Insider. So if you'd like to go check out that podcast, go feel free. Just search it on your favorite podcast player, as you can find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all of them. Be sure to be following along with us on social media at Locked On UK on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Read his work on the Athletic. Follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, and hear me on 630 WLAP. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks again to I Am Third Sports. Check out their equine, comma, baseball camps this summer. Um, And we'll talk to you guys soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. It's moisture wicking, wicking tech. And I'm hearing myself, Kyle. How about now? Are you good?
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, cause I put it on speaker. I got you. Okay. 